0: hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the alpha project the podcast for men's health today we're going to be talking about stress and its effects on our mind and bodies now in today's fast-paced world stress has become this ever-present companion for many of us and it's no secret that stress can take its toll on our physical and mental well-being but if you ever wondered how it affects our bodies on a physiological level. One crucial system involved in our stress response, the autonomic nervous system, also known as the ANS. In this episode we're going to be exploring the fascinating relationship between stress and the autonomic nervous system and understand how this interaction influences our overall health. So to start with let's have a brief overview of the autonomic nervous system because this is a very complex subject and i don't want to put you all to sleep so the autonomic nervous system it's mainly our our entire nervous system and it is responsible for regulating all the involuntary bodily functions such as heart rate blood pressure digestion breathing and it does consist of two branches you have the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch, which work in tandem to create a balance or homeostasis in the body. This system is active 24 7. You cannot simply will yourself to stop breathing or stop digesting, it's always there. And you'll probably think, okay, yeah, I recognize some of these bodily functions, and because they are your everyday processes. Now, the stressed response is something called sympathetic activation and this happens when we encounter a stressor whether or not it's a looming deadline or a challenging situation our body initiates this stress response and the sympathetic division of the autonomic nervous system takes the center stage during this response it triggers the release of stress hormones like adrenaline and noradrenaline, preparing the body for action. As a result, we experience increased heart rate, elevated blood pressure, rapid breathing, and heightened alertness. Now, the parasympathetic is the counterbalance, and it tries to restore equilibrium. While the sympathetic response gears us up for action, this parasympathetic division plays a vital role in just bringing us back down after that stressor has passed. And it promotes relaxation and reduces heart rate and can help reduce blood pressure. And it also allows our body to conserve energy. It helps us recover from the physiological changes induced by the sympathetic response and bring us back to calm. Now let's talk about chronic stress chronic stress is those conditions which are creating this continuous sympathetic response now in the herbalist world we call this sympathetic tension I'm sure you've all experienced these periods of your life when you just feel tense all the time and that's because you've got all of these stress hormones running through your body telling you that you need to fight or flight right now And you're in this state of constant alertness. Now, unfortunately, when stress hits the chronic stage, the delicate balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic becomes disrupted. And prolonged sympathetic activation and reduced parasympathetic influence leads to a state of autonomic imbalance. This imbalance is often referred to as allostatic load and it can contribute to numerous health problems such as hypertension, cardiovascular disease, digestive disorders and weakened immune systems. These are just to name a few. Those of you with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, again you've probably got a high allostatic load because you're in a constant state of pain which causes stress responses. Pain is something that we're going to touch on in another episode but it's vitally important that you understand the stress behind that as well. Because this is a podcast about men's health, let's do a deep dive into how the allostatic load can affect men's health, both mentally and physically. So the increased allostatic load and the cumulative wear and tear on men's bodies and this continuous trying to adapt to stresses causes some major physiological changes that can affect your overall health and while stress is a natural part of life chronic or excessive stress without adequate recovery time it that's not normal and the western lifestyle that doesn't allow us to stop and recover long enough to reduce this allostatic load. So we're gonna look at cardiovascular health to start with and we're just gonna do a brief overview of these. I don't want to put you to sleep. And when we look at cardiovascular health, this prolonged exposure to hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline, that actually increases our blood pressure, our heart rate and also inflammation. And over time, this chronic activation stress uh, can contribute to high risk of developing hypertension atherosclerosis and heart disease so in layman's terms you've got high blood pressure you've got plaque buildup in the arteries and heart disease we all know and we all fear look after your hearts guys okay now let's look at the mental health side and it's also a big part of the problem with society is that we don't talk about men's mental health enough and stress is often the biggest contributing factor to that. And chronic stress causes a disruption um, between the neurotransmitters and this impacts mood regulation and increases the risk of conditions like anxiety and depression. And Additionally, this constant demand and pressures of daily life leads to emotional exhaustion, burnout, and reduced resilience to future stresses. So what this is going to do is, if you keep getting stressed day after day after day, each time you get stressed, your resilience will lessen slightly each time, to the point you're going to get to the end where you just can't function anymore. And that's why self-care really important if you work in a high impact environment or your home life isn't exactly easy we're going to move on to those at different dates but today try and look at your self-care even if it's just 10 minutes okay now we're going to move on and talk about our metabolic rate now metabolic rate is the way in which we process everything in our body, so that's your food, your oxygen, everything like that. We metabolise things and most of this is done by particular organs, but in this case we're going to be talking about the liver. Now, having this increased allostatic load can impact your metabolic rate and you can develop metabolic syndromes such as type 2 diabetes. And this is because chronic stress can disrupt glucose regulation and impair insulin sensitivity and it also promotes unhealthy eating habits uh, which contribute to weight gain uh, abdominal obesity and elevated blood sugar levels so if you do find yourself binge eating you find yourself gaining weight and you find yourself constantly feeling tired and having slumps throughout the day get your blood glucose levels checked and just be safe type 2 diabetes yes it's a horrendous disease but it's something that is manageable so don't be scared get yourself checked. Now let's talk about immune system now the immune system over the last few years we've probably heard so much about it it's been been bombarded with all this data through the news and through media outlets so we're not going to touch too much on how it works but chronic stress suppresses immune response making men more susceptible to infections and slower recovery times and additionally the chronic inflammation associated with the allostatic load can contribute to the development of autoimmune conditions and increased vulnerability to diseases so these autoimmune diseases you're looking at things like rheumatoid arthritis your rheumatoid heart disease any autoimmune disease that runs in the family it can be activated by stress and conditions such as chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia there are huge links between stress and chronic stress and the onset of those conditions so if you do feel like you're run down all the time and you've got this kind of low grade fever you're feeling warm and you're just not feeling right maybe you need to look at the stress levels in your life and see how you can adapt your situation to longevity now let's talk about the big one that no men want to talk about but men really should start talking about and that's why this podcast has been born we're going to be talking about the conditions that get hushed and whispered and there's no need for it and there's no need for shame attached to them. So increased allostatic load can affect your sexual health and your reproductive health. Chronic stress leads to hormone imbalances, reduces your libido and can cause erectile dysfunction. And it can also affect sperm quality as well because if you think about it, if you're stressed, your, your load isn't just going to be kind of harder to produce but it's also going to be of less substance and the same goes for erectile dysfunction how many of you have found that when you are stressed that maintaining an erection is just almost impossible you lose interest really fast that's because your body's in flight and flight response you can't ask your body to do two things at the same time so by putting yourself in both a state of arousal and a state of kind of panic at the same time, one of them is going to lose out. And unfortunately, our need for survival overtakes our need for sexual pleasure. So when I say to you there is no shame in erectile dysfunction, there really isn't. If you are suffering with erectile dysfunction right now, feel free to pop along to my website, martinelli.com, see if there's any of my services that fit with you, or pop to your local healthcare provider, see if they've got any services that you prefer, and try and work through this together. If you do have erectile dysfunction, it is nothing to be ashamed of, but just know that taking drugs such as sildenafil, whilst, yes, they do help you maintain an erection, They can also increase your stress levels as well. They're single use, so you have, you take a tablet, it has an effect. Then you have to take another tablet in future to have the same effect. What I do with people is I work at the root cause and this can take a little while. It's not like the tablet where you can just take it and it happens. This is something that we're gonna have to work on together for several months for you to get into that prime shape again. If you are interested in that pop along to my website martinelli.com and have a look at some of the programs and some of the treatments on offer there. If you don't feel that we're going to be a fit pop to your local healthcare provider and they'll be able to advise you as well. So let's talk now about reducing this allostatic load. Now it's a difficult process and it doesn't happen overnight especially if you've been suffering with chronic stress for a period of years. You're going to be having to do this slowly and with consistency to have the same results. If you think about it, if you've been stressed for say two to three years, you're probably going to have to do two to three months just to get started in reducing that and continue it on for two to three years. It's not a quick fix, but I can guarantee you will feel better and healthier for it. So to start with, We're gonna talk about things such as regular exercise. Now, regular exercise doesn't mean that you have to hit the gym for an hour every day and pump iron. If that is what you're into, that is absolutely amazing. Just be aware that also causes stress response in itself. So when I say regular exercise, what I mean is you go out and you go for a walk, you go for a run, um, you do some yoga, You do Pilates. You do anything that gets your blood pumping and your heart rate going. And you do that consistently, say, three times a week. Just 30 minutes, three times a week, and you will feel the benefits of that. If you want to do that 30 minutes every day, that's fine. If you find that brings you peace, you do that. But just don't overdo it. Next, we're going to talk about meditation. Now, meditation is something that I've practised for many, many years now since I was a teenager, and I think it is one of the crucial parts to me being able to stay grounded most of the time. And meditation isn't some mystical tool. It's actually something everybody can do at any point of the day. It doesn't necessarily have to be hours and hours sat on the top of a mountain chanting something it can be simply if you take the bus you can sit there and you could just take a few moments whilst you're staring out the window of quiet contemplation that is meditation if you're putting the kettle on to make a brew during those two minutes the kettle's boiling You can sit there and have a couple of minutes of just pure mindfulness, where you just focus on the breath, allowing yourself to just relax for those two minutes, not demanding anything of your mind and body. And that's all it takes is just starting those two minutes each day, just building it up, and before you know it, you'll be able to sit there for five minutes, and then ten minutes, and then you can sit there and meditate for as long as you need to. There is no right or wrong way to start meditating. There are incorrect meditations, so I will suggest you stay away from the more esoteric meditations that are available on YouTube. Just find a simple mindfulness meditation. I particularly like the Calm app. I'm not affiliated with them, just put that out there, but their app is actually quite good. There are some free meditations on there as well to get you going. If you are interested in meditation, just drop me an email, martin at healthharmony.org, and i do have a free 30-day guide to mindfulness meditation i can email you that straight out no strings attached i'm such a fan of meditation i think it should be accessible to everyone you can go to meditation classes if you're inclined to the buddhist centers around the country they often offer uh, free or by donation classes that you can go to and there are other centers around the country as well Just be mindful that not all centres or meditation teachers are the same and some may use tools that are for the advanced practitioner and not the layman. As an extension of meditation, let's talk now about breathing exercises. Now breathing exercises can help tremendously if they're done right. Now there are a lot of breathing exercises out there, different techniques, and some are better than others. Some are better for more advanced practitioners, others I'm on the fence about myself as to whether or not they're useful. Just a simple breathing exercise is all you need, and that is where you take a deep breath in through the nose, you hold it for about four seconds, and then you slowly let it out. And you just do that repeatedly for five or six breaths, and you will feel your blood pressure going down, you'll feel your mind calming, and you'll feel yourself centering. And doing that during a stressful situation can actually be the difference between the stress being instant and the stress being chronic throughout the rest of that day. So, embrace the breathing exercises. Now let's talk about something else that I find quite important, and I'm I'm a little bit passionate about this, and that is called the self-care routine. Now, you may have heard this phrase several times before, But the self-care routine is usually connected to women's health. Because women's health have seen how really vastly important it is for women to have a self-care routine. And the same goes for men as well. Now, there are things that women do that you may not want to do as part of your self-care routine... And there are things they do that you may want to so if the idea of sitting there having a bath and a facial is something that you really want to do and connect with go for it that's how you relax you can go for it if self-care for you means sitting there reading a book for half an hour go for it self-care isn't about doing a specific task that's prescribed to you it's about doing tasks or doing activities that promote your own well-being and sense of peace one of these things is to set boundaries now boundaries are quite important and they're very difficult to maintain sometimes and if you've got a person in your life that kind of pushes at these boundaries you do need to reaffirm these and what i mean is if you've got a person in your life that is constantly depleting your reserves in some way, you need to tell them, no, this is my time right now, I'm taking 30 minutes to myself and you need to leave me alone. If you have a child, that might be a little bit difficult. For parents out there, I do recommend you put your self-care routine at the start of the day before children wake or at the end of the day after they've gone to bed. So what is in a self-care routine? Now, a self-care routine can incorporate a lot of the things we've spoken about today. So it could include meditation, it could include yoga, it could include light exercise. If you're doing your self-care routine before you go to bed, stay away from the heavy exercise, it gets too many hormones going and you won't sleep. But doing some light exercise, some light stretching, very good for your self-care. One of the things you can do is journal. And I'm a fan of micro-journaling. So that's where you don't have to sit there and write pages of how you're feeling. You can just do bullet point lists of micro-journaling. There are loads of different examples of micro-journaling out there. If you put it into Google or into Amazon, you'll find something that someone's already produced. Or you can just get a notebook and do it yourself. There's no right or wrong way of micro-journaling, as long as you do it consistently. And you can then start to see patterns emerge as to on what happens on specific days and how you're feeling about that. And it also helps us to process our emotions as well. Maintaining a healthy and balanced diet is also crucial to your self-care routine. Now, we don't all have a perfect diet. And the concept of the perfect diet is this big fallacy as well. There is no such thing. And each person and every body is different. So what works for one person isn't going to work for another. What I suggest is you eat three square meals a day and you try and make it colourful. So you put in lots of fruits and veggies and you try and keep the protein to a reasonable amount. Okay? I know there are some big meat eaters out there. That is perfectly fine. Just try and balance it out with some veggies. Too much meat causes constipation and it can also increase inflammation and stress in the stomach as well same goes for protein alternatives in uh, vegan and vegetarian food as well to try and keep them to a reasonable level okay now sleep hygiene sleep hygiene that's a minefield in itself and some people have good sleep hygiene and some people have bad sleep hygiene so to start with what do we mean when we say sleep hygiene that means the habit of going to bed at a reasonable time and giving yourself enough time to rest enough time for your body and mind to recover before you have to get up for the next day now recent studies have shown that having less than six hours sleep per night takes you two days to recover both mentally and physically after that and That can put you into a state of chronic stress if you're always having like three to four hours sleep a night. That will lead to chronic stress and chronic depletion as well. So aim to have six to eight hours sleep a night. If you're a person that has nine hours sleep, that's perfect. But if you're not, try and get six to seven hours and you'll feel a lot better for it as well. And to promote this, I do recommend you do things like meditate before bed, do those light yoga stretches before bed just to allow your body to relax and unwind, Um, turn off all your screens a good 30 minutes before you sleep and don't drink anything too stimulating after 6pm. And lastly, we're going to talk about support networks as well. It's no kind of shock that within the Western culture that Men have found themselves to not have this closed-knit support group. We don't have hundreds of friends. We don't have a group of lads that we can be ourselves with because we've got this constant pressure of Western world to show this perfect life. But we've also got this pressure to work, eat, sleep, go to bed. That's everything done. What I'm going to suggest is you start making some new friends. It's harder as an adult, yes, but make some new friends and make the right friends where you can be supportive of each other. So you don't offload too much onto them, they don't offload too much onto you, but you're able to help each other through the situations. Now, for those of you who are religious, you might find this in a religious setting. For those of you who aren't, you might find it in the gym or even at a local um, men's club. There are loads of places that you'll be able to find and cultivate new friendships. Just go out there and search for them. Um, I'm based in Nottingham and there are several locations you could go to. So if you're like me and you like to have a bit of a geek out, you could pop along to the Dice Corp. Everyone there is friendly. Or you could pop to like a local pub and play darts with a group of people. These people will be your support network. And you will be a part of their support network as well. Remember it's a two-way street. And these social connections really do help improve your sense of self-worth and lower your stress levels as well just be mindful if you do meet in a social setting and you are drinking alcohol keep it to a moderate amount because alcohol in itself can cause stress and inflammation in the body that this is kind of a running theme here i don't know if you've noticed everything is about moderation and the more of something we have the more likely it is to cause a stress response. you probably found, for example, we're going to talk about pizza. Now, pizza is one of my favourite foods in the world. But if you eat too much pizza, you'll feel full, you'll feel bloated, and then you'll start feeling nauseous. This is actually the start of the inflammatory response. Your body is starting to say, look, there's, there's too much in here. I'm being invaded right now. And because of that, you get all of these symptoms. And eventually, if you carry on eating it, you will throw up or you'll have diarrhoea. And This is the autonomic nervous system just going, OK, no, we need to get rid of this. This is just too much. The same goes with alcohol. The same goes with smoking cigarettes or if you smoke recreational drugs, your body will fight back eventually. So remember, keep it in moderation. So as we finish off this episode, I'm just going to finish off by talking back to the beginning about allostatic load and it's this silent but influential force that impacts men's health in various ways on a daily basis and it can take a toll on all of our body systems so that's your cardiovascular your mental well-being your metabolism your immune system and your sexual and reproductive systems recognizing the signs of chronic stress is the first step in recovering from it. Implementing those strategies is the second step. Producing that allostatic load will have a tremendous impact in your quality of life and your mental and physical well-being. And just with one last note from me before we depart for this week, it's not selfish to take some time for yourself and practice self-care. If anything It's selfish of other people for judging you, for taking time out, for self-care. Doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes or if it's three days, if that is your self-care time, that's your time. Don't feel judged for it. Thank you for listening today and I hope you found this episode enjoyable.